Okay, we thank uh, the people who realized the sound a little off. I guess Mayor Batsadik finally got to the bottom of it. Santa Shmaya, if there's ever a problem with the sound or any other spurs, you can always uh, email in. And there's one more component. It's really a use of your very nogea in communities. Nobody's fault. It's part of rapid growth and uh, building maestas. This actually comes from all a good place. And this will be my last example, which we'll just discuss briefly with one fascinating maestra. And it's explosive enough to spend five months on it, but we're not going to do it. I, I want to get to the next uh, part. Uh, we mentioned Akamabal Bas Yisrael with the Yichus issue with the Shaduchim last week. And the fact is, the person is uh, perfectly fine, fine Ben Terra in that case, and he was told to go get married, build a Abayas Nema Bi Yisrael. So we assume Rabbi Yehuda Rava gave him the advice that it had a happy ending. Uh, I'll start off with the Maisa, because that's what triggered in my mind that we have to at least um, mention the general topic of education and chinuch, and that is giving advice. I deal with this every day, especially after Pesach till El. It's uh, a few times a day, because Baruch Hashem, a lot of people around, can you, the family's growing, the community's growing, we can't build most it's good, we put up a building, it's full already. We never thought we'd have such a, a, great, a great problem. But with growing pains, always comes issues where they're out of room and X amount of people trying to get into schools and then it's not an exact fit and everybody has their own needs. So there are a lot of players in a positive way. Everybody's trying to do the right thing. And as we mentioned last week, good advice, the chiv, to give good advice and the iser of the fneiver giving bad advice is even if it might be good advice to somebody else, it's got to be good advice for the people you're trying to advise and you could sometimes be wearing different hats and you could often be dealing with a group of people, all of whom are trying to do their job and do it well and there's an inherent steer because everybody's representing and people get very bent out of shape over this, they say, ah, oh, it can't be, something's broken nothing's broken, everybody's doing their job <laughs> you have a Lahavda cabinet meeting in the executive branch and over there, talk, everybody has their own agenda. They're not L'shen Shemaim necessarily, but even if they are. So the defense secretary is in charge of defense. Homeland Security is in charge of that. And the Secretary of Commerce has his own angle. That's fine. That's, that's natural. They should bring to the table what their expertise are and what they're in charge of. So it's not a stira. And I, I, it's important to mention this. Like I said, the, we could discuss this uh, for a long time, but it really is dependent on the individual at the end of the day. We try to take care of everybody the best we can with the competing interests. But a manal has to do his job to try to service whoever he can in the best way and also take care of the mason and the Rosh Hashiva, and then the teacher has to take care of her class, even though that might not be the best for the other class. And this is planning recess and who's hanging around with who, which is the $100 million question always was, and now it's even more explosive. Uh, and the parent has to do their job to do what's best for their child. And then the road they're going to, who's probably also wearing the hat that he has to do with the yeshiva and the parent, has to try to figure out what's the best for the individual at the same time, keep your eye on the zebra. And anybody involved in getting anything done or trying to get anything done of helping people 
on any individual level has to understand there's a yachir and a rab, and you can't possibly pull a blanket in every direction every time. It's not shayich. And every time you make a decision, somebody's going to be unhappy because it wasn't the best thing necessarily for them. That's life. It's supposed to be that way. And that's why we have an isser of lifneiver, that you've got to give advice to the person you're talking to or based on the responsibility and that's you have. And often within one person it's a conflict based on the mice of the individual, the parents. You try to do your best and it's never going to be a perfect science. And instead of everybody getting all upset, everybody, they should understand the yeshiva is doing its best, the Rebbe is doing its best, the Mara is doing its best. Everybody's trying. It's inherently going to be a stira, not in chinah, not in education, in everything in life. There's not, you take a company, lahavdil. So the boss is in charge of well, trying to make everything happen, but I've heard this complaint from employees and from other people in different angles of the business, and you'll hear this in the corporate world. I, I like giving the examples of finance because most of the people here know a thing or two about that. They complain, why is the company doing this? It's only good for the shareholders. Hello, only good for the shareholders, as opposed to whom? The shareholders, you mean the guys who funded the business? The investors? <laughs> so I understand where they're coming from. They, well, no, how about the, the consumer? Yes, we want to be safe for the consumer. <laughs> it's a business. It's driven by profits and bottom line. So are there other people involved that are not the shareholders? Yes. And you have to try to make them happy? Yes. It's a balancing act. Everything in life, if you don't have competing interests in what you're doing, you're probably not breathing. Then that's dangerous unto itself. And uh, the doctor will hold that it's his job to get you breathing. The undertaker will hold he shouldn't. Everybody's got their angle, right? There's a guy who engraves about savers. Everybody's got an angle, right? <laughs> so that's the way life is. It's always I'm going to tighten up. When it comes to the yeshiva, the rabbi is not, is not, not servicing my kid. You can bring it to attention. Everybody should fight for their for what they can get. But it's never going to be a perfect science. It can't be. And there's always going to be people trying to juggle and do the best thing. And the ultimate decisor of that is Shas and Paiskim and Akash Baruch What's Ras and Hashem over here? And you got to work hard to figure that out like everything else in life. I, I just heard this in a funny way from the shareholders. I mean, you are not in the finance end, but you know you worked on Wall Street for a while. Did you ever hear that uh, complaint? You know, they're, they're building things, and that's only for the share. Like that's a strange concept. They should be trying to make the people who put nine hundred million dollars into the business happy. Why should you make them happy? They're only here to make money. Well, <laughs> it's ridiculous, Taina. Taina's in five years. You see what the number is. This year we're going to show them. I understand. So it's called short-sighted. And we have the same problem with politicians. Because if you have a president, he's only here for four years, and the last two years got to run for re-election, he's going to be more worried about the image of what the people think than doing the right thing. And that's a problem. But you know what? As we have seen historically and even now, I think for from Yidden, better a democracy than something very far east where they make up everything. Here they only make up half the things, or three-quarters of the thing. Better that than tyranny. But, so you're saying there was running. What do you do? A senator has a lot more power and the ability to maybe think of a long-term plan because at least he's here for six years. So he only has to run for re-election the last three. A congressman's got to do that like from day four. Okay, so that we do that to keep them on their edge to behave. So we'll ask him, yes, it's a short-sighted thing, and they're doing something now to make a temporary gain. Sometimes that's insider trading. It's up, but... 
the complaint is is not really on the, dealing with reality. That's what I'm saying. Yes. But well, usually the complaint about satisfying the shareholders has to do with the people in the company that get laid off in order to keep the, uh, the company profitable. So as I said, not everybody's a tzaddik yisraelim. That might be a surprise to you, and not everybody's l'shem shemayim. And even the people that are, our life's work is to try to always put ourselves above these interests that are private and not part of our job description. And that's an avayda, like everything else. And I'm sure politicians, even on a good day, might actually think, wait a second, why am I here again? Oh, yeah, it's not just to get reelected. It's actually to do something. That's gavaldic. So they get, hopefully they've got some good people, and they'll do something above and beyond what's good for them. That's a big nisayan if it is good for the country, but not good for their duration office. That's kind of kind of a stereo. Okay, that's built in. That's not a every system is like that. Yeah. But just putting aside business, usually the, the challenge often is when it comes to decision making is that people often come when they have complaints. The complaints are founded in some value that is found in the Torah in some way, and therefore they. But it's only a small apply. slice, a hundred percent. They're not. They're not seeing the whole picture. No, yeah. and that's what I'm just introducing. Yes, exactly, exactly the point. They can have a. Everybody has a point. We're talking about good people. I'm not talking about Everybody's a good point, but you have to rely on the people who are trying to balance the different considerations. And there's always an inherent um, competition for time resources in the Yochid and the Rabbim. And part of being when Sfira is thinking like a tzibur, being like a tzibur, and not all about the individual. How do we get the best thing for the most people? You do that too much, that's socialism. We got a guy who's, I'm not here to pick on him, but he's Jewish and Mitzvah Shem will do tshuva soon. And he has some buried value that finds in Judaism, I say Judaism is a Yiddish guide because that's a word he'll understand even though he probably knows Yiddish. And he's not the only one I'm referring to. And he's taking a thing that we gotta help people and we gotta, we gotta have people have panas, and that, that's great to a degree, but when it turns to socialism and communism, then that's not necessarily good when you start stealing other people's money. So everything's about balance, as we mentioned after Mincha today, Midas is the measure. <laughs> you can have a, a point about something that's the aside, but if it's not in measure, it's not going to happen. So getting back to yeshivas, you're giving advice. Who do they take in? Who do they not take in? We're all here to help people you take on too many issues, then you're hurting the people who don't have the issues because they're sitting in the same class on the same recess. This is a problem at every... The best out-of-town, in-town, size, this is always an inherent stira. And you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. The shiva's got to take care of the shiva, the murder's got to take care, the rabbi's got to take care, the parents take care of the kid. And it doesn't always become readily apparent what is... What's an Hashem over here? Which is why you gotta ask and talk it through. With that introduction, and that's good. We're in that kufa between now and then. We're trying to get everybody in. Everybody has a place, and they should be in the best place. And it's always a work in progress. And Baruch Hashem, we have this problem that we keep. Sometimes it's a question of placement where the Talmud or Talmud should be. Sometimes a question we just don't have room. We keep on stripping, and then they make a tonight kufa. This is the last one. We're not stripping in one more, and we know when I'm negotiating. It's a tie couple. This will be the last one before the other one's the last one, but that's a different conversation. So it's an epic that the administrator is trying to run a yeshiva. He's putting desks on top of the chandeliers. He has a water that chandeliers on top of the other desks. So, Baruch Hashem, we have this problem. It's much better than when you have no yeshivas or no one's coming. So, with that said, it's still off into the finish line, and everybody's trying to do their best. With that, I'll give you a startling example. 
and I know this could be misquoted, so do not misquote this and do not take this as the benchmark because you have to be dealing with a scenario where the Chaznish would say this, understanding the Das Terror is understanding what the Chaznish said in the first place, and then understanding where it applies, but it's a Peldegamaisa. And it starts off with the Akam al-Baba There was an Arab fellow, it's a hard week to even say this story, I'm not talking about one of the Bahamas for Shayim, that uh, there actually some, might be a couple that are, you know, behaving. This one was apparently, this story happened a uh, while back, 20 plus years ago. And the story they're going to quote from the Chaznish was obviously 70 years ago. Both are very very telling for this uh, sugya, but don't apply, don't try this at home unless you ask a shayla. So, Nebuch, you would think this wouldn't apply when you look at the news in a week like this, but in Eitz Yisrael, there's a problem, there still is a problem, of intermarriage. You know, intermarriage with who? Like the Americans that ask, who would, uh, there's no, uh, nobody there to intermarry with, they're all Jews. No, 70% Jews and 30% Arabs and other ethnic uh, tribes, and their people are not from down and out, and you know that's why they have to rescue some of them sometimes in our villages. It's a very sad thing. Not as bad as America, you can't really get lost, but there is, there is a problem. So a fellow shows up at a Beis Yaakov in a city, you know, it's Israel. He wants to register his daughter, first grade. So, and the guy looks uh, very, he, apparently he was dressed, it wasn't a giveaway, he was uh, wearing something in his head, and uh, he wanted to register his daughter, so they start, you know, let's take an application, they start the application, and um, name, yeah, Rivka, you know, mother's name, uh, Sarah, father's name, the mother's name is Sarah, father's name, sir, the mother's name is Sarah. Sir, what's your name? I said, well, that's a complicated question. The kids are had you have to give it to Dazehut. And when it says uh, Mahmoud Abdal, it looks a little odd for Priwana and Beisakov. So uh, they said, Sir, why are you registering the young lady there? He says, Well, we had her in, my wife is Jewish, unfortunately, not his wife. But he thinks his wife is Jewish, and uh, she was registered in the local Arab school in the Arab village. And he told the Manahal, he says, it's a really terrible school and the kids are a horrible influence. They probably, who knows, Rahman al-Islam practicing jihad in first grade. I don't know what they play at recess. It's bad. Very bad. And, um, and uh, my wife is uh, married to me, but she's not mitna geddes to, uh, to religion. And I asked around by the neighbors. They don't live in our village. Living there somewhere in Tel Aviv, and uh, I asked the neighbors. The neighbors said that Ladavenu, even though we wouldn't use the word Ladavenu, we're actually there's a reason for it, and this creates a lot of cure opportunities. Is everybody knows in Eitz Yisrael, whether you admit it or not, the best education and the safest place and the best influence is in a firm school. So they advised me to come to a base active. So I'm here. So let's assume they checked him out already with the Mossad and the Shinbet, and they he cleared. And he's not dangerous. So what do you tell a guy like this? The girl's Jewish. Akamal Babas Yisrael. The girl's Jewish. So we got a yachid, a yachida, here. You got a yachid. She's a Jewish girl. She needs an education. Beis Yaakov is one of the places to get an education. 
and the Manahal called one of the assistants and they called the Mara, the Mara to be, and the Mara said in no uncertain terms, I'll translate it into English, that it's your school, you could do whatever you want, but if she comes, there's not going to be one kid in this class. That's understandable, no? So, uh, so what do you do? So first to try to tell him, you know, we need the influence at home, what's going to be with Shabbos? So the Arab fellow said, I'll keep Shabbos. <laughs> Willing to keep Shabbos. So I said, that's not so pushing. Glacier Shabbos Chaim. He says, I'll be Machal Shabbos once, whatever you want, just tell me the rules. Want to give an advice? He was, and he was for real. Shabbos came to Zilberstein, and it was long enough ago, he asked Rav Greinerman, he said it was a week before his Nifter, I think he said. Grandman was considered a tremendous chacham, uh, chaznish. That's a this is a dinner for Shabbos. This is a young girl, is Jewish. Maybe send it to a public school. On the other hand, you got to protect the school. So who you giving? So right now the question is being asked: What do you do with this girl? But the Manal is asking it, and he's in charge of the school also. He's shyly come up all the time. Not this extreme, but not that far from it either. Maybe not as much as Mutsi. Out of town, it can happen here also. And these are serious shadows. These are fashion shadows, whichever way you go. So Monday you can't kill a school, but you... That's why I said the, this, just Lasaparis Oizen, don't make any too stuff from this. It's circumstantial. You've got to know all the details of every story, but I'm trying to show you how complicated it is. Interestingly enough, in this case, the Psach was, of Granderman wasn't feeling well. He was actually a nifter a few days later. But there was something pressed him, and he said... I think you don't have a choice, you've got to take the girl. And if you shots up that the father really looks serious and not dangerous and he's really going to tell too and she's going to have an environment, you'll probably end up making the mother for him. The father will be my guy or leave, whatever, but you got to, she's Jewish, you got to help her out. What are you going to do? Can't put her in the street? So every Mosek could say, well, why is it my problem? Okay, but somebody's got to do this and then they're asking the shadow, that's where he came. So, if there are 20 girls in class, 25 girls in class, and this is the only case like this, they'll talk about be bottle in a good way and have a good ashba. It's doable. The question is always the numbers, how bad the problem is, what the numbers are, and then there will always be some parents and say, not my backyard. Okay, that's why they have to make their own decision. Let them make their own shayla. This is, in, if you're raising children, this shayla comes up all the time in various forms. Not as extreme as this. But they were told that in this case, the class can absorb it, and the murderer will get used to it, and there are enough good kids, and it'll balance out. And they interviewed him a number of times, and he was well intended. And I don't know what happened at the end of the story, but I assume he's telling it over, it worked. But he told over at the time that there was a yeshiva in Bnei Brak. This is in the time of the Chaznish already. There weren't too many yeshivas in Israel, Bechal. It was one of the famous ones in uh, Bnei Brak, only two or three. And there was like, wait to the end of the story before people start commenting and if you tell this over tell the person listening to wait to the end of the story <laughs> because the Americans here especially the finicky ones like me would start getting very fidgety so it's a quick story don't worry I just, you'll understand in a moment why I said that disclaimer the yeshiva picture is 1951 and the yeshivas are just getting off the ground and the whole yeshiv is at stake, and if you don't get this off the ground, then every yeshiva counted. It's not like today, if one would fold, it would be sad, but we have, Baruch Hashem, thousands. So, in one of the lower grades, it was a cheder, uh, there was a boy there that had a kinemet, 
that the Hebrew word? That's um, nitz in English. A bad case. And these things tend to spread. That's why I told the Americans here to calm down. We're, we're sitting, Baruch Hashem, in a very good matzah. We got uh, pills and shampoos and we got, we got money. We got, you know, no problem. <laughs> None of that existed in 1950 in Eretz Yisrael and there was no quick solution. But the human uh, habit would be in 1950 in Israel as opposed to 1850 in Poland, where it was the rule rather than the exception, parents were pulling their kids out. And they came to the Chaznish and said, what can we tell them? Chaznish said, you tell them if whoever stays, I guarantee that young man will be a huge Tamachachem. No, it's Kadai just to have a situation like that to get that. The Chaznish never said that before or after. And he said he's made, he knows who was there, he knows what the class, and every single one became Mamisha, a tremendous, tremendous Tamachacham with uh, shameless affairs. Everything was unusual that class. So now you understand why I gave this claim. We would say, oh, there's got to be a better way to. Uh, Chaznish, also in the. There wasn't. There was 1950. It wasn't going to All you know is the class would disband, the shoe would fall apart, and this mamish atzaseyetzer. So what do you do? Do you stay in that matzav? And we're so not used to it. This is a way of life for thousands of years for every single community all around the world. We wouldn't be able to handle it for two minutes now. I'm not saying we should. I'm saying is the chaznish was able to be the chaznish. That's why you need the chaznish. And say this is lo na'in, but this is a temporary issue. This is going to destroy the yeshiva. And we don't have the resources to build it and put it back together. And this is the beginning of the infancy of the Torah Yishuv and Yisrael and the whole Eitz Yisrael is at stake. And therefore, nobody move and I'll give you an extra bracha. So that's a sacrifice of the yachid. The parent might say, yeah, you know what, I'll learn with him at home. And he wouldn't say that to the Chaznish, but I'm, you know, he's out of here. But the Chaznish knew all that. And he said, not one person shall leave yet, and I'll give you an extra bucket. And they all stayed. And the problem was solved. Nobody died. That's an extreme example on an extreme example. So most of the time we don't deal with Yishmaelites coming to register their daughters. It could happen, though. Most of the time we don't deal with this. There is kinemet. There is that happens that there's an outbreak, and we have it under control in two days, and they send everybody home. The sheep is not falling apart. Point is, we look at it that that's horrible. That, no, it's not horrible. No one's going to die. How they do that? And even though we're uncomfortable, the learning is more important and it's going to fall apart. So you have to have, like you said before, everything's about the priorities. And that's why the Manal went to Chaznish and said, What do I do? There's like, no one wants to come for the next three weeks. And in that Kufa, that would have been a major deal. It's a major deal now. You had COVID, if you remember. Yes? So, I mean, I looked at a minute later. I don't know if there was a disclaimer at the beginning. Last week, we were talking about the fact that, that, that the one, the, the one who's, uh, who's being asked the Eitzah right. has to answer the Eitzah of the person asking. And here, these are examples where no. it seemed that it was being put. Is it, is That's it, why I said, you could be, if you're wearing many hats, like the Shiva or the Rav of the community or the Chaznish, who's the Gadladar, you have to come out with a Psach where do we put the Yochel and the Rabbim? And the sock was crystal clear here. So, As it was crystal clear by this one girl who Rav Ganiman felt would be Batal Esrim or Esrim B'chamesh, whatever it was. And, um, was it because it was, in the end, it was actually better for the school to have the school? Oh, yeah, this, 100%. That's every secret decision like that. The case from last week where, where um, with the, uh, the Shavit. So, 
So the Shaykhet, there was no Chayr, there was no Takana. So Maral Diskin told them, I hear why you want to put them off the post and send a message that anybody, even if they're extended relatives, their grandson, are going to join this Shmad, we're gonna, there are going to be consequences. But it wasn't, and there are such Takanas, but there was no Takana like that in place. So that was a, a middle-of-the-road example where could insist on it. He said, look, if you get him a good job and he wants to take the job, and it's the same pay and he can survive, and he wants it fine. And there was a chance he might say, okay, what do I need the headache for? But he was smart, and he said, you know what, I'm not making a move until I go ask the Rav. And he went to ask the same that they did. And he said, you're asking me, you're happy as a sheikh, you know what you're doing, you could stay. And apparently he wasn't that worried, and people would understand the... Difference over here, it was his grandson, nothing to do with him, and he wasn't giving Hashish Temple on the missionary school. But that's, a, that's what I say, the details are important in each story. I'm just trying to give you the general thing is that it would be a lot better if everybody would understand, even though everybody gets emotional about their own personal things, whatever's going on, everybody's got their view and they got their angle, they're usually missing a lot of the story. They still don't have a bird's eye view, they're not, they're not set up for that, they're not paid for that, and that's not their job. And that takes a serious amount of dust to try to balance it. And it's never going to look perfect. Hashem doesn't want us to be perfect, because we're not malachim. And at the end of the day, there's always somebody who's going to say, well, it wasn't perfect for me. Well, that's not what Klaisal is all about. So Question. that's the... I hear a bus call. Question. Yes. Um, he wants to learn from this story that uh, since the Chazanish was once in a generation person, even you know today, that really, since you don't have a Chazanish, they should let the school fall apart and then let them have, let the guy into the school and everything else. No, no, no. We'll have somebody making decisions. I just mentioned that it happens to be there was only one or two operating yeshivas in B'nai Brock then. It was even more serious that it should even fall apart for a week or two until they get it under control. That's all. But there are a hundred chalukim in every story. The point is, is that we would say, oh, well, I don't want to be uncomfortable. Well, it's not about being uncomfortable. It's about what you're sacrificing for the, for the seabird and for the chizik of other people. And then you have to worry, well, sometimes the chizik of other people will affect too much, and uh, a six-year-old girl is not mechayev, to do kirv. And that's true also. Or she's not set up for it. And kirv is the most uh, wonderful schus, the most dangerous thing you could do at the same time. It doesn't mean you can ignore it. It also doesn't mean you should jump in with your eyes closed. And there are a thousand examples of this a week on a, on a lower level, but I'm bringing it up because we're in the sugi of giving good advice, and there are people who come and they feel they're giving advice because it's their child or their Talmud on the class level, and then there are other people in charge of looking at the level of the entire yeshiva, the entire community, the entire class, so depending on who's looking at it, and that has to be blended in. And that's not a simple answer, so if everybody just keeps that in mind, whatever comes up in life, they'll be a little less combative about it, even if they're not happy. You don't always have to understand everything that's going on, and it doesn't always mean it was absolutely the best thing to do, but that's, that's what's important to keep in mind. Okay, so that's for the Eitz Teva. We go, you think that was um, caustic. So let me introduce the uh, next one, which is going to be uh, as part of the sugya for um, a week or two, at least. And this is the following Shiloh. This is a blend of setting up people for possible Averas, the regular Lifni Yivir Sugya, the first part, and the advice you're giving to people or the process you're putting people through. And there are going to be two parts to this. One is 
pick a good English word, we'll call it entrapment, because that's the legal word that we're going to be using as well. Entrapment sounds like a good word for lifnever, so when you're doing something that causes somebody to be initial. So, as I started thinking about this next segment, that's why I didn't give out the copies here, you'll notice. And um, this clock must be fast. This one. So, uh, now it doesn't go... Uh, that's its own personal view. <laughs> so, the first thing came to mind, and it sat in the back of my mind, because it's one of these Rashi Tevis that uh, you don't forget if uh, made a Rosham in the first place. I was actually a, a pretty young kid at the time. Anybody who's a little older than me might remember it a little more clearly. I did a five-minute review, and I was pretty shocked by what I saw. I was happy I remembered what I remembered correctly. I was pretty shocked to investigate what I needed for the sugya that I never knew in the first place as a teenager. Anybody here ever hear of Abscam? So you're giving away your... Uh, no, you've heard of it? So if anybody, and I wasn't, uh, you know, I was pretty young, but it was all over the country. It only paled in comparison to Watergate. And if you don't know what Watergate is, or you think it's some dam in Denmark or something like that, uh, then you're a big mossman. Uh, so uh, it, Watergate's the only other thing that happened to happen at the beginning of uh, the 70s, the Misparam, uh, that made this look um, more tranquil and more quiet. But quiet and tranquil it wasn't. It's actually a number of chedushim, and I was happy that it stuck in my head for all these decades. Never knew I would need it for the shear, but it's a great example for what we're going to discuss. So I've been using it as a contrast. The FBI doesn't necessarily do the sugya before they actually act on a plan, as wacky as the plan might be. And this sugya, Lifneiva, they certainly didn't do, because that's what this sugya is about. And there were tainas by other agencies and legal issues because they did it, but, and you're not going to believe that they actually did this, I'll start giving the introduction now, but there are important details, which I'll lay out and then refer to as we go along to contrast it. First of all, AppScam, I never saw anybody, let alone a law agency, redo a Rashi Tevis Lamafreya. It's like Sheker Mukhlet. So I remembered AppScam. The memory's working. Uh, I didn't know what it stood for. I thought it was Rashi Tevis, and it was. So I just wanted to find out what's a Rashi Tevis of. So you're going to laugh. I don't want to laugh or cry, but it started off as Rashi Tevis one thing, and then it was politically incorrect, so they changed it. But you can't change Rashi Tevis. If I say don't, it means do not. You can't give your own shot. So AppScam is Rashi Tevis for Arab scam. I kid you not. Twice in one night, talking about our dear cousins. Arab scam. The backdrop, which we're not going to have time to explain now, was about a fictitious front that a number of FBI agents put together. The whole team working on this for three years. And it was about an Arab sheik or two or three, an Arab company. And they have a lot of petrodollars to spend, like hundreds of millions, and that's back in the late 70s. And they're going to go and try to spend it in illegal ways and see what they could do to ensnare, as in Lifna Ever, many politicians. And uh, this was the biggest they ever did because they're going to get senators and congressmen and state congress. It's going it's to get pretty wild. So 
the original Russian Tavis was Arab scam. The American Arab League or the Arab American League complained that that's racist. I can sort of hear that if they had uh, something in the FBI, an FBI thing called Jewstam, I would also wouldn't like it. So I, you know, I, that part. So they said, no, we didn't mean that. It stood for the company which didn't exist, which was fictitious. Abdul, more or less the same thing. I'm not sure what they gained, but it, it stands for Abdul scam, which it didn't. But I guess that's part of the scam. They, <laughs> I just couldn't make it up. Even the name wasn't real. They couldn't even get a, a fake real name. They couldn't couldn't make this up. So. App scam stands for either Arab scam, Abdul scam, same idea. The whole thing was a scam, and the whole thing was not stam made up. It was made up with genius and ingenuity over years. You couldn't have concocted such a wild story if uh, you wouldn't have uh, seen that they actually played this out. The mastermind, the first Lifnaiver, before we even get to Lifnaiver, the mastermind, Nebuch, was a well-known international con man. That's Ganov in Moshna Kedish. But a genius of a Ganov, not Stam, your petty bank robber, who was a Yid, Nebuch. I won't mention the name. If you remember him, fine. Not from yet. Now he's Neil Memes. Now he's very from, I hope, maybe not Neil Memes. Maybe he's in his 90s now. But they asked him, and I, there's a reason I'm going to be going through the details the next couple of nights, because this touches on everything we discussed in the last two weeks. He did a plea bargain. No, not a plea bargain like buy tickets, let's call it a fire hydrant. <laughs> no, not that, uh, that much more complicated he was a con artist and he was caught many times over and they were going to send him to jail and his mazel about to send him to jail and the prosecution said you know what it's a good waste of uh, good Jewish chachma he didn't say it like that I hope and instead of going to jail we'd like to hire you to mastermind a two year sting operation tell her that they can the FBI can do this. It, they got, there were times on this afternoon. He's going to a Ghana to mastermind. He was in charge. He was the boss for two years, telling the FBI what to do because they couldn't find the genius. I, I thought Chachman began time They couldn't find anybody else. So he's the guy around the operation, and it, it gets better from there. But they're going to go one by one, ensnaring people as Lufniver, setting them up, entrapment. And the first big fish they get, they're also going to use to be on their side in a plea bargain because they caught the first guy who was the mayor of Camden. I believe in the Camden area is a city you probably never heard of it. It's a place in New Jersey called Atlantic City. You probably never heard of it. Nobody here would have any sheikh or something like that. But a really happening place. And this sheikh who didn't exist wanted to like spend $150 million and the mayor of Camden said for 400 grand, that was money then by the way, this before Biden inflation. 400 grand? He said for 400 grand you can have the whole Atlantic City. But he said that on video which is not a good idea, not a good idea to say it in the first place. And when they got him, they said, and you're not going to work with this other guy, and we want you to draw up a list of people who are corrupt because we're trying to fight corruption. Now, remind me tomorrow night, I'm up to that, because the biggest pill in the story is that this guy, this Ghanav, got to draw, draw up a list of people, and I searched a little bit to find out where in the world did he get this list and why did they pick on these people? That's very important for living either. Is the guy Vachaskas Kashras? Doesn't Vachaskas who did they pick on over here? I would never think of this as a as a teenager, but it's pretty important for living either, Sylvia. You can begin to discuss checking people out, it might be a god to catch a god of. That's that's our Sylvia. But you can't make up in thin air and give it to the tzaddik, the mayor of Camden, who would just caught trying to take a $400,000 bribe. 
why is he entitled to make this list? If you have anything uh, to shed on that, <laughs> let me know. We'll uh, develop this tomorrow night. So don't join the FBI just yet. <laughs>